It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross. Yes! Yes! Touchdown! They did it! Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Uh, how was your weekend? It's all right. Nice and relaxing, actually. Yeah, there's no Aggie football on Saturday. Yeah, I got to, you know, I you know I had the, the Logan game Friday, called that. Really enjoyable game. And then I sat around, like, all of Saturday. And, <laughs> and that's not a bad thing. No, it wasn't. It was, was kind of nice. I did do some... Um, riding because I, you know, got to prep for my Monday cool down each each weekend. But so I I got to rewatch the BOU game probably multiple times in terms of how much I rewound rewatched different plays. So I I probably have three watchings of that game oh, under wow. my belt, <laughs> one live and two worth of film study. Um, see, I know on Friday I was reacting to the game, and a couple of times I was like, well, I need to go back and watch it because there's things that I couldn't quite remember. Or didn't see live because a lot of times I look down, you know, to tweet something or start writing something, and then I miss things happen, <laughs> and I miss like the entire like last probably four minutes of the game because I had to leave the press box early to get downstairs to be ready for the the press conference. Oh right, yeah, yeah. So uh, it was an interesting weekend. Uh, Mountain West struggling uh, in a lot of different weird areas. Uh, it was an interesting weekend in the NFL. And whereas we don't have uh, a Utah State football game to react to on a Monday, it's kind of an open season Monday for us. I mean, yeah. <laughs> high school football, college football, NFL, we can react to all of it. And, of course, we'll we'll continue to react to Utah State football as well because uh, the press conference was today with Coach Blake Anderson, Hale Motuapuaka was uh, also on the press conference as well as Brian Cobbs. Audio from all three of those guys available right now on the 106.9 The Fan podcast feed and on our website and mobile app. So go back and listen to what they had to say. And a few times, to the, the question was posed to both players and, and to the coach. If you were to look at the record and then assess the, the morale and mentality of the team, it's different. You, you assess the, the team and how they're feeling coming into another conference game, but then you look at the record and you, you think it was different, very different. Because this is a team that's disappointed that they lost in Provo, but feel like things are really starting to come together for them. However, they still haven't put together a full game yet. Now, it doesn't get any easier with Air Force coming to town, who seems to be the lone bright spot in the entirety of the Mountain West, because Fresno State didn't do the conference any favors last weekend, uh, losing to UConn, who were like they were like what three touchdown favorites against the Huskies. Of course, Fresno State has a lot of injuries to key star personnel, and that doesn't help. But uh, yeah, this 
conference is not looking great in the Mountain West right now. Yeah, I was looking through it, and I uh, noticed the trend, and I kind of crunched some numbers a little bit, and I tweeted this out earlier. So the the teams that got first-place votes in the preseason poll uh, for their division, so Boise State, Air Force, Utah State, Colorado State, Fresno State, and San Diego State, they all got at least one first-place vote for their respective divisions. Those teams are now a combined 11-17 and 17 this year. They have a losing <laughs> record by six games. There's two teams with winning records, Boise State and Air Force. Um, the remaining teams, to tell you how bad it is, the remaining teams that didn't get first place votes, they're 15 and 15. They've got a 500 record overall. It's bizarre. Yeah, it is. The the whole conference is just kind of down, and there's there's nobody at the top that's just you know that's just clearly at the top of the heap. The closest you have right now, you know, San Jose State and um. And UNLV are probably the two closest teams you come to teams that don't really have a major blemish. Um, Air Force may be another one because their one loss is to Wyoming, who's done all right. But I mean, Boise State lost to UTEP. Don't need to talk about San Diego <laughs> State and Fresno State, how they've done. San Diego State, not as bad as Fresno State, you know, losing to UConn. San Diego State's just had kind of a killer schedule so far. But it's this this conference is kind of mucking it up right now. Yeah, I mean the the team in the Mountain West Conference who has real well, there's two teams in the Mountain West that have the same record. The best records in the Mountain West are with Air Force and UNLV. Both are four and one. Now neither one of them are receiving votes in the polls. Neither of them should. Which I'm not totally surprising. Um, but. I mean, it is kind of surprising just how things are playing out. Uh, since Utah State didn't play on Saturday, like you, I got a chance to spend some time watching some other games. I, I actually found myself watching a lot of that Wyoming and San Jose State game. And the Spartans, they looked pretty good. Wyoming is just a weird, hot and cold team. And that's honestly what you're going to get with Andrew Peasley as your quarterback. I mean, we saw that here. We knew of that. Uh, and that's what's playing out in Laramie. Wyoming's kind of been that way anyway, hot and cold. That's it's true. They were that way guys. a year ago. So, and yeah, last year they beat Utah State pretty badly in Logan. But overall they were like, I mean, I think they barely made a bowl game. I think they went like, then they were fantastic in their bowl game. Yeah, so it was like, I don't know, man. You tell me what Wyoming is. Uh, the athletic, and I know I recognize not everybody has a subscription to the athletic. What? But not everybody subscribes I, to the I, athletic. I know it's it's kind of hard to realize this. People don't spend money to <laughs> to get sports content to to read content. Odd, I know, but I I do. We do here at the station, and you don't have to if you want to read my content. It's free. <laughs> So they uh, they put together a ranking of all teams in college football, one through one hundred thirty-one, and uh, Mountain West is not really showing very well in this in this ranking that they put together. Air Force is the top team at fifty-five. San Jose State at seventy. UNLV right behind them at seventy-one. I'm a little surprised Wyoming's as high as they are at seventy-four. And then there's a drop off with Fresno State at 90. I mean, this was this was a team that before the season 
looked like it could be a New Year's Six type team with the type of talent they had returning. Uh, Boise State at 93, San Diego State 94, Aggies at 109, New Mexico at 118, Nevada right behind them at 119. And then how about Hawaii at 130 and Colorado State at 131. That's probably more surprising to me than just about anything to see the Rams struggle as much as they have this year. Yeah, dead last, apparently 0-4. You know, they're, I think, the only winless team in the conference at this point. Uh, Yes, that is correct. So, uh, yeah, that's a good. So the two worst teams in FBS, according to the Athletic, are both in the Mountain West. And five teams in the bottom, you know, the below 100. That's that's, that's rough. That, that is rough. That's, you know, last year was a really good year for the Mountain Well, not a really good year, but a, a solid it's Solid, year. yeah. Um, and they've been having really solid years where they have a lot of good teams, you know, two or three teams in that nine-plus win range. Perennially a, a couple of teams in the top 25, or at least – Flirting, one team almost always there with another one flirting to be there. Yeah, usually getting Boise State's pretty much always there. You get San Diego State usually hovering around there. Fresno State will get in every now and again, and Utah State gets in every now and again. Yeah, you know, every couple of years, you know, they'll they'll push in there. And now it's like, if Air Force won out, they could probably sneak into the rankings in like week twelve or thirteen, maybe in the last week. Like, that's what it would take. Because at this point, they're far enough out, and they don't have anyone tough enough left on their schedule. Right. The, Mount, the, the Just the regular Mountain West schedule does not look like it's very strong. So, I mean, how much value do you place on those wins? Yeah. So it's like, if, if they went out, then eventually they have to, because you can't let an 11-1 team not be ranked somewhere. They'll start getting votes, and if they were to go like 7-1, 8-1, start getting lots of votes, then creep in as they get to that. 10-1, and 11-1 range. But they're like the only team that if they won out, they could get into the rankings. Maybe San Jose or maybe UNLV. You know, one of these one or two lost teams. But I don't see any of the teams being able to do it because every single team barring maybe again UNLV who lost to Cal and then San Jose State, I think they um, oh, I think it was a Power 5 team they lost to. Who was it? Uh, pulling it up. Yeah, <laughs> give me a so, second. So they, 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 Auburn. Yeah, Auburn. So they have, and, and it was a close game. Yeah. So both those teams, like, yeah. And the UNLV loss was a close. Yeah, game. that was like twenty sixteen. I think San Jose State was like seventeen fourteen or something like that. San Jose State lost at Auburn twenty four to sixteen. Twenty four sixteen. Okay, so I was way off. <laughs> I knew one of them was in the within team. a score. Um, so you know, two losses that you can accept. They're not really blemishes on those teams. You know, again, everyone else, there's something, you know, Air Force, if you can excuse the Wyoming loss, you can probably include them in not having a serious blemish. And, and there's no uh, real f- feather-in-the-cap victories in the yeah. Mountain West. Yeah, none of them do. Like, there were a ton of opportunities. San Diego State, Fresno State, Boise State, they've all played, like, multiple P5 games. And they lost all of them. Some of them embarrassingly so. So this is a year that was set up for the Mountain West to look good. Like last year, they had a lot of P5 wins. Maybe not none of like the, you know, Utah State was like, you know, one of the only 10-win teams. Them and like San, San Diego State did well. But 
the whole conference had a bunch of P5 wins. Uh, we'll get to what the coach and players have to say about kind of a wide-open Mountain West field right now because certainly that's a factor for Utah State. They should be looking at this like, hey, there's we've only played one conference game. Despite our record overall, we're only 0-1 in this conference, and there's still a lot of opportunity ahead. And so they should have a, a, an attitude of feeling like, we can actually we still have time to do something in this league. Yeah. There's still there's still time and there's still opportunity here to make some noise in the Mountain West. Yeah, and the key though is they have to take advantage of it now. The the clock is ticking and it's gonna hit zero here really quickly unless they reset it with the win against Air Force. You know, the last couple of weeks we've been going on moral victories and I think that ends this week. There's no moral True. victories I in a totally loss to Air agree. Force. Because you can't say for a third week in a row, well, we improved, wish we would have won, but we got better. That won't fly for a third week. Because we've given credit to Utah State for their improvements, which they've deserved those, you know, that praise. But at this point, wins gotta come sometime. And if you're serious about maybe being Mountain West champion again or getting to the title game again. You got to win this game. Otherwise, it's pretty much over. A couple of comments coming through on our uh, full court press text line. If you want to weigh in, love to hear from you at 435 339 0321. 2197 texting in. Uh, Mountain West Conference missing those COVID super seniors from last year. Uh, yeah, they were some great talent last year. Look, there was good talent coming into this season, too. I mean, there's been some guys that have gotten hurt, and that's a that's a, that's a problem. That's problematic. Um, but uh, there's super seniors in the league still today. Uh, five three three eight texting in uh, a couple of texts here. What does the full court press top five college football rankings look like this week? Uh, our top fives. Uh, I was wondering what FCP stood for. <laughs> I'm assuming that means full court press. Top five, like college, like overall in college. I don't. I don't really pay attention to the top five, as far as what I think. Um, I don't know that I'm you know too off, too much different from the polls that are out. I didn't realize Alabama jumped Georgia. Yeah, Alabama and Georgia flip flopped, which well, with Bryce Young's injury, I don't know. I'd still go with that. But, I uh, I mean to me it's it's Alabama and Georgia, whoever you want to put number one I don't care they both have like one of those iffy wins, you know Alabama barely beating Texas. Granted I think Texas is still ranked, I think. Uh, no, they're no, not. They're not. They were for a hot minute. Thanks to losing barely to Alabama and some other things, but you know both of them kind of have iffy wins to Power Five teams. Um, so they kind of looked mortal, and then after that, it's just everyone else. I mean, Ohio State's gaining some steam. Yeah, they're, they're starting to receive first place votes. You know, they they could probably be on par with Alabama and Georgia. The problem is, you can just never know because you get to the playoff and you think you know who's the best team, and then suddenly the team that you thought was the best is getting blown out thirty five ten. Because, again, the the college football playoffs just are the worst playoffs because 80% of the games are blowouts. 
top two teams are clearly the yeah kind of world of their own. Like the semifinals are totally almost, different stratosphere. Yeah, the semifinals are just almost always a blowout. Uh, a couple, uh, there was one more text from five three three eight. Could somebody over there dry the ball off for me? Signed Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Was it raining in that game? Uh, didn't watch that one. I don't know. Trevor Lawrence had four lost fumbles. Oh, he was like the first person. In wow, four lost fumbles. Yeah, he was. He was the first person in like forever to do that in the game. Oh my word! So that's that's why someone needs to drive the ball for Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> uh, eight nine six eight texting in. Uh, a couple of texts here. Tell me, does Fresno State take UConn's place at the bottom? Uh, at the bottom. I know there's a bottom 10. I don't know if... It's talking about that or just bottom of the FBS in general. Problem is UConn wasn't even at the bottom of the FBS for most people. It's usually it was like Colorado State and Hawaii and I think there was somebody else. But UConn was still kind of bottom 10 in some ways. Uh, I know there's the one ESPN writer who does the bottom 10, which is a semi-serious article. Yeah, it's they like to poke fun. Yeah, it's more of a bottom ten of that week. It's not necessarily a running ranking of the ten worst teams, though there is some overlap, I think, with those two, <laughs> with those two ideas. Uh, now I, speaking of you know, well, Colorado fired their coach. A lot of coaches getting fired. A lot of Wisconsin's coaches. coach getting fired. That one shocked me the most. A lot of coaches are getting very suddenly rich with these giant buyouts. That needs to be my new like ideal job. My ideal job growing up was always be a punter in the NFL because you know you get a nice salary. There's no pressure on the punter ever, and it's illegal <laughs> to touch you. So, That's true. Like, and you know, once you kick the ball, they can block you, but just get on the ground <laughs> then if they jump on you it's a it's probably a penalty too so you might get involved in the return game from now and then but usually yeah. you know if someone's returning the ball you're most often the last guy to beat yeah the the most pressure a punter ever faces isn't even when he's punting it's when he's holding the ball for the place kicker yeah that's true which that's the punter's worst nightmare is you know dropping that but like I said, you collect a nice salary. There's no pressure. Ideal job. <laughs> Play 20 years in the NFL. Um, eight nine six eight also adds. Boise is down, but never fear. They will. Uh, they will. Okay. They will be okay. Come the Aggie game. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they'll no, beat Utah State. Their their quarterback. Um, now their new quarterback, who's going to be their permanent quarterback, he was recognized as the freshman of the week in the Mountain West. Uh, who did they play over the weekend? San Diego State. Hmm. Beat them pretty good. Oh, that's right. So I don't, I don't know anymore. San Diego State just looks. I think they fired their offensive coordinator, if I'm not mistaken. San Diego State, or everyone was saying they should. I thought I saw something about that. I know Boise did, but uh, yeah, they won thirty-five to thirteen in Boise. Uh, held scoreless in the first half, and then they really opened things up for the Broncos in the second half. Yeah, yeah, the the Aztecs did fire their offensive coordinator. Oh, wow, Jeff Hecklesinki. 
which is what people said every time their offense failed. Heck, was Sinky. <laughs> uh, so the other scores in the Mountain West over the weekend, UNLV beating New Mexico 31-20. to Not a huge surprise there, though New Mexico had the early first-half lead in that one. So kind of interesting, these those two games with second half uh, getting things rolling. Uh, Air Force beat Navy, low-scoring game, 13-10. to as we mentioned, UConn beat Fresno State over the weekend. San Jose State beat Wyoming 33-16. to And Hawaii had uh, had the bye week. Looks like Colorado State had the bye week also. They need it. I, I, that's, that is the biggest mystery for me. Like, last year, they had talent on that team. They had bad coaching. This year, it looked like they were going to upgrade their coaching and transferred most of the best players out of uh, that were remaining out of Nevada to Colorado State. But they've been a wreck. It's really surprising to me. Uh, coming up next year in the Full Court Press, we'll hear from the coach and players. What do they think about the Mountain West Conference? How it's kind of a wide-open field this year, and there's still a lot of opportunity for Utah State to take advantage of it. But as Jason said, there's not a lot of time to get it figured out because there's a really tough conference opponent, really the toughest team in the conference coming to town this weekend. All that's coming up next here on the Full Court Press. The Young Automotive Group is proud to announce Young Truck and Trailer Center in Cache Valley. Whether it's heavy equipment trailers, horse trailers, race car trailers, or cargo and utility trailers, we're excited to offer some of the finest trailers and flatbed work trucks to Cache Valley. Our team of experts look forward to helping you find the right truck or trailer to fit your needs, with competitive prices offered on every make and model for sale on our lot. With our extensive inventory, you'll find the best deals right here in Cache Valley. Young Truck and Trailer Center, just off Highway 89 in Logan. Think young, drive young. This is Jarek with Jarek's Fine Jewelry. This October is our 14th year anniversary. So to celebrate, we want to treat you to an anniversary date. Make it a date night on us. Come engagement ring or anniversary ring shopping at Jarek's Fine Jewelry. We have thousands of designs to choose from, including the newest custom designs. With no strings attached and no purchase necessary, we will buy your dinner at Bloom Eatery. The entire month of October, come in ring shopping and Bloom is on us. Make date night special. Make it Jarek's. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and the Hearing Aid Center are now located in Providence and Cache Valley's newest and most up-to-date medical clinic located at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan, just south of Cache Valley Hospital. The entire staff and Dr. Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette look forward to helping you and your family at this state-of-the-art medical facility. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is now located in Providence and their new office at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan. Go to cachevalleyent.com for details. Most insurance products, including Select Med, are accepted. Don't get caught without power after a windstorm or a major winter freeze. Golden Spike Electric offers Generac backup generators so you can be prepared and keep your home warm while avoiding frozen pipes. Golden Spike Electric is one of the largest Generac dealers around, so you know it'll be installed right. Whether you're a homeowner, or an electrician. Contact Golden Spike Electric to rest easy the next time the power goes out. Online at gsegenerators.com or call 435-257-3016. They also service other models. Are you a small business owner? Who's your bank? This is Bruce Rigby. I want to invite you to bank with us at Cash Valley Bank. We specialize in helping small business and we have great people. That's the Cash Valley Bank difference. Decisions made locally, without all the red tape, by people who care and know how to help small business. 
Cache Valley Bank. Growing, expanding, and proud to have our roots firmly planted in Cache Valley. Cache Valley Bank. Member FDIC. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. I would like to think that we're starting to see a team that can play competitively in the Mountain West. I think it's wide open. You look across the board and everybody's struggling to find consistency. If we can be that team that can click and start doing that on a weekly basis, then, then who knows what this group's capable of. As Blake Anderson earlier today, uh, sentiment that was echoed by Hale Motuapuaka and Brian Cobbs in their media availability that you know, there's there's a sense that uh, there's a lot of disruption in the Mountain West this year, and it's it's kind of a wide-open field. And as Coach said, if, if this team can continue the progression that they're on, then they're going to be in a good position. It's a big if. It's a big ask <laughs> with what's on the schedule on Saturday night, 5 o'clock on Merlin Olsen Field. Well, the thing is, if, if you cover teams that are losing teams, then Utah State is unfortunately following the script of a losing team right now. Now, granted, there is a script they can follow where it's they turn the season around. That does happen. You know, with these losing teams, they say for about 14 weeks, we're improving, and we're the best 1-7 team in college football. <laughs> and... That's something that can happen. I'm not going to say that's who Utah State is. I'm hoping that's not who they are. But keep in mind, this song and dance happens for some of the worst teams in college football. The, we like what we're improving in and yada, yada, yada. And that's why I say things got to start happening now. It can't be improvements. We talked about, you know, before the UNLV game, we said, you know, there's a moral victory in this where if they lose like, you know, 35-30 or something like that, that's something positive we can take away. We effectively saw that in a, I've already forgotten the score, 30, 38-26. 38-26. Well, that's BYU. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. UNLV was like. UNLV game, oh, yeah. Utah State scored like 24 points, I think, or something to that effect. Maybe it was only 20. I can't remember. It was like three, four weeks ago. <laughs> or it feels that, that It feels that way. Ago. So. 34-24. Yeah, 34-24. So there was kind of a moral victory in that, and there's another one with BYU. And you can't do more victories anymore, especially if you're looking at the Mountain West title. Because you start 0-2 in this conference, lose to Air Force, lose a tiebreaker there. Like Utah State won the Mountain West last year because they had a tiebreaker with Air Force. Now, you, you can't be losing these games to Air Force and then also Boise State and expect to go anywhere. You can't expect to start 0-2 and and do anything. So the the time for moral victories has ended the Aggies need to get wins. Now, if you're looking more towards, okay, let's just get a bowl a bowl game appearance, okay, you know, there's still time for that train to get going, even if they lose to Air Force. But if they plan on having any kind of championship aspirations, it has to begin this week. Right, because several things are moving in Utah State's direction. Great first half, should have had a lead in that first half. No, they had some breaks that didn't go their way. Um, but uh, I think that you, BYU showed 
that they made better adjustments than Utah State. So in that sense, the BYU coaching staff outcoached the Aggie coaching staff and some of the things they did in the second half. Um, Utah State, granted, Cooper Laga coming in there may have caught them a little off guard early on, and then they adjusted. Um, but uh, you know, Utah State showed that they can move the ball more effectively now. They can get first downs. They can stretch plays out and move the chains and have first down efficiency, which they were struggling with. They didn't have the unsportsmanlike penalties. That was the coach had one, but the players didn't. So they didn't have catastrophic shoot yourself in the foot penalties like they did against UNLV. Now they did have turnovers that were it still hurt them. Um, and uh, so there were some things that were going on there that Utah State got better at, but they were not perfect at. And that's, you know, they're moving in the right direction, but boy, this is going to be a tough ask on uh, on Saturday, which this this should be a more difficult challenge than that game on Thursday just because it's such a unique style and how well Air Force is playing right now. Yeah, defensively, we're really going to see what this team is made of because we're going to have to see them make adjustments, and we're going to see if they're you know, good enough to, to stop Air Force, especially on those outside runs. Those outside runs have always killed Utah State. Through several different coaches for like half a decade, at least since I've been covering this team, every game it feels like run up the middle, you stuff Air Force, run up the middle again, stuff Air Force, it's third and nine, run around the end for a 12-yard gain, rinse, repeat until Air Force gets a touchdown. Just feels like that's what they've always done. They did that last year and scored like 41 points. So can this year's team slow them down because this this year's Aggie team isn't putting up like the 45 or something like that that they did against Air Force last year. So you got to play defense. And Air Force a couple of times this year has been forced into low-scoring games. Granted, they also have like three different 40-point games. So... They're kind of an up-and-down team. So if you can force them into a low-scoring game, you get a lot better chance to win. And so I, I think this game comes down more to Utah State's defense than it does its offense. Because the offense is going to be about the same as it has the last few weeks. Move the ball decently well to either the run or the ground game. They'll have some turnovers, unfortunately. That I'm just not seeing any change. In their ability to stop turnovers, they've done it for three straight games now. So, and they've even changed quarterbacks, and they still have all those turnovers. So I don't see that changing. So Utah State's defense is going to have to step up. Yeah, no, I agree. Utah State was doing a pretty good job with getting and creating takeaways earlier in the season, and they haven't been able to do that lately. Um, so there, there are a number of areas Utah State has to get back to some things that were happening earlier while getting better in a few other key areas as we've talked about. A couple of texts coming through on our full court press text line. It's from 6543. Is the Mountain West Conference the weakest of the group of five conferences this year? There's definitely no dominant team in the Mountain West this season. I don't know enough about the other group of five conferences to to say as much, but certainly an argument. Uh, let's see the uh, the the Mac. I don't really see a lot of great stuff happening in the Mac. Uh, Conference USA. Nobody really standing out in Conference USA. 
They don't have a single four and one team. Uh, the MAC also does not have a single four and one team. So I mean, the Mountain West is ahead of those two conferences. Yeah. If you can say that, American Athletic. Uh, you've got Memphis, Cincinnati, who's a top twenty-five team. They're at number twenty-four, and Tulane are all four and one. So certainly they would. You have to put them ahead. Yeah. And then the Sun Belts had some really big yeah. wins. The Fun Belt. <laughs> fun Belt, baby. Sun Belt has Coastal Carolina undefeated. James Madison is undefeated. And they're, this is their first year at this level, aren't, isn't it? I think so. And uh, they're getting votes in the top 25 poll. Uh, and then South Alabama, they're 4-1. and one. So. So the Fun Belt's up there. Yeah. I don't <laughs> know if there's, if there's anybody I left out. But, um, yeah, that's kind of your situation in the other conferences. Right now, You, I mean, the Mountain West, not at the bottom, but I wouldn't call it the, the best G5 conference right now. Right now, probably third of the five. Yeah, I'd put the American Athletic at number one, Sunbelt at probably number two, and then the Mountain West at number three. But usually the Mountain West is going toe-to-toe with the American Athletic. Yeah, not this year. And if Utah State's not careful, we're kind of thinking they're going to be the default best group of five conference after the AC gets gutted in a year or two, um, or that takes effect in a year or two. Uh, if they play like they are now, not going to be the case. No. 8798, if the Aggies are going to click, they need to get rid of Anthony Tucker as the offensive coordinator. Yeah, I don't know about that. See, a lot of people get on play calling. This is one of the things where I, I feel like I benefited from film study where, like, what's the biggest issue you had with Anthony Tucker in the second half? For me, there was one issue, and that was that there was almost a 19-minute gap between Cooper Legault throwing a pass beyond the line of scrimmage, or he wasn't a 19. I, I did the math, and I put it in my Monday cool. I'm like, there was a long period of in-game time where he didn't throw a pass beyond the line of scrimmage. But the biggest issue Utah State had in the second half is they just didn't have the ball nearly as much. They ran 54 plays in the first half. They ran 27 in the second. Yeah, huge so, difference. So they talk about, you know... That BYU offense was yeah. on the field and the defense couldn't get them off. Yeah, and so Utah State weren't converting on third downs, and some of that could be play calling, and some of that's where they just weren't aggressive enough in the pass game. I mean, like their second play in the in the second... or in the third quarter was a really nice play action pass and then it took him to like the fourth quarter till he threw a pass beyond the line of scrimmage again they didn't really try to do anything in the pass game because the other passes he threw were those little fly sweep things and bubble screens and you know swing passes to the running back they just focused on running the ball which again that worked in the first half they ran the ball a lot in the first half the rate of pass to run like the ratio was roughly the same. It was like 60-40 for most of the game, and it was like 62-38 in the second half, like slightly higher. So I... Well, I think this is the point eight seven nine eight is trying to make with frustration with Tucker with the follow-up here. Three pass attempts in the second half, midway into the fourth quarter. Yeah. 10-ish straight run plays in the fourth quarter when the Aggies were down... 10-plus points. Yeah. But, again, that, that three pass attempts, that was, again, a lot of that had to do with 
the few number of plays. Again, the, the ratio was fairly similar in terms of run to pass, even in the second half. So, yeah, that, that three pass attempts looks bad, um, but it's not nearly as bad as it sounds. Again, my biggest problem was the pass attempts they did have weren't aggressive. They were little conservative things. The Utah State's never been good at anyway. Why are you running them at all? Well, the way that the way Boise State was def- or Boise State BYU was defending yeah, same thing. <laughs> yeah, kind of the way B- BYU was defending Utah State, they were daring the Aggies to run, and they had dropped so many guys back, there weren't many options to throw to. So that was that was a constant struggle through that, and it became more manifest in the second half that they were kept dropping everybody back. And uh, they took away passing lanes and and uh, open windows, and so you kind of had to run the ball. Yeah. That that was your best option. Now, if you're being down double digits in the fourth quarter, you don't try to be more aggressive. Uh, to especially with clock management, yeah, that was a little frustrating. But I don't know that I can totally blame it all on the offensive coordinator. There were changes on the offensive line. There were we, we saw wide receivers doing a little bit better at creating separation, but they were pretty well blanketed also. So there are a lot of personnel issues that were going on that the offensive coordinator can't control. Yeah, I, I think no, I, I just think they need to find ways to be creative in the pass game. And one thing that's interesting with Cooper Lagaz and the, basically the two games he's played, the team has gone super you know conservative towards the run game. Basically, it's like the UConn game. That's the game plan they had against UConn. That's what they go to when they have when they've had Cooper Lagat at quarterback. They did it against Oregon State. You know, that's why I wasn't super high on Lagat to begin with because you know, in Oregon State they just ran the ball a ton. Calvin Tyler had like 160 yards in the bowl game, and Lagat completed like 11 of 20 passes. And against BYU, you know, he had 188 yards passing. You know, he's like 19 of 31, decent. But they just didn't really trust him, and a lot of those passes came when he just had to throw it. And it wasn't great because he had basically two interceptions in the fourth quarter. One of them got called back because of uh, roughing the passer. And they are both not very good. Uh, not very good throws on his part. Granted, one, he was like super under pressure, but still not a very well-thrown ball. Yeah, and Coach Anderson today, when talking about the turnovers on Thursday – Said, you know, the, the the fumble, he just he needs to do a better job of holding on to that or <laughs> staying on top of it. Because he was kind of lackadaisical. Seemed like the coach or the refs weren't going to call it a fumble, so he just kind of got up and didn't really maintain possession of it like he should have. Uh, the first half uh, interception was tipped at the line, so that, but he had to be, you know, needs to be better about where he's placed in the pass. Yeah. But that second half interception says yeah that was a bad decision there were two other places he could have thrown that ball which would have been better and that were open for him and he chose the worst of three options i'll tell you what though that interception that got tipped i i replay that one probably about 10 times and i'm not so sure that ball wouldn't have been picked anyway because Tuli was right there in the lane the passing lane he if if i had to pick one it probably wouldn't have been because i think he was going to throw it off to the side of Tuli. And into the window where I think it was McGriff. He was throwing either the McGriff or Cobbs. He was throwing a dig route to. 
but it would have been close either way. That was a tight window he was trying to throw it into to begin with, and then it got tipped and picked off. So, I mean, if you're being completely cynical, there were three passes he threw that were bad. I think PFF had him at like five turnover-worthy passes. Then hmm. I don't know where the other two came. I guess, no, the other one was like in the first quarter on their first drive. Throws a pass, probably should have been picked off that you know front right um, pylon. Just goes through the hands of the BYU defender. So, and, and this is part of why I say I think the turnovers are going to keep happening because Cooper Lega keeps doing the same things Logan Bonner did when he threw nine interceptions in like two games. They keep happening. The fumble, I'm not worried about Lega really fumbling any more than I'm worried about anybody else fumbling. It's going to happen or it may not happen. He'll try and tighten it up. And quarterbacks tend to fumble more than other positions anyway. But the interceptions, Lagos doing the same things. He's making some of the same bad reads. There's some good throws. There's some things I think he's going to tighten up. The underthrown passes he had against BYU, I think he'll be able to tighten those up. He's got a good enough arm to make some of those throws that he underthrew. But there's things I'm really worried about with these turnovers. They keep happening. The bad throws keep happening. This is why I emphasized earlier, like, I didn't think Legault was going to be that much better or even as good as Logan Bonner. The problem is he's almost too too much like Bonner, where there's some good, but he has all of the bad, too. Yeah, that's right. Certainly he does some things that helps uh, move the chains that Logan Bonner struggled with, but passing isn't really that much better at all if if anything more of a step back yeah in actuality he had about the same completion percentage he sometimes threw the ball deep more off he's thrown but like officially on the season he's thrown the ball deep more often than bonner has so i, well, I thought it was a, interesting plus aggressive wise the the question to uh, uh cooper lagat after the game somebody was asking him of of a good play that he remembers that stood out to him and he focused on uh, a play that, that was effective, but he was frustrated with how it worked out and that he underthrew uh, Terrell Vaughn. Yeah, that that was the play that he said he wanted back the most, yeah. which is interesting because, again, he threw two interceptions and a third interception that got called back. But the one he was most frustrated by was what probably would have been a touchdown if he just airs it out, which, again, that's why I'm not – like, as far as the underthrows, I think Legault's got a better arm than Bonner does. So – he just getting the timing yeah. down is going to be important, too. So I, those are things I think he can tighten up as he gets more real game reps. Agreed. But it's the bad reads that are like, okay, is he going to keep doing that? So it, it, it's a little frustrating that way. More on that uh, coming up on the Full Court Press. If you want to text in, we'd love to hear from you, 435-339-0321. We'll hear more from the coaches and the players. Love to get your text reactions as well. Uh, looking back on the weekend that was, high school football, college football, the NFL, a lot to discuss. Even the Utah Jazz had a preseason game. If you want to weigh in on that, we'll take it all. 435-339-0321. DD Auto and Salvage is going to pay you the most for junk vehicles. You can get rid of your junk vehicles today. DD Auto and Salvage makes it so easy and fast to get rid of your junker vehicles by paying you the most money possible. Pickup is available. If you have metal, DD Auto and Salvage and Logan wants to pay you today. Call 787 1204. That's 787 1204. Today. See store for details. 
What's more important than sleep? Granted, some things are, but not many. This is Ryan at My Mattress, and here we offer the best solution to better sleep, a better mattress. IntelliBed, the gel mattress, cradles your hips and shoulders while providing the best back support possible. Or come in and choose a Tempur-Pedic that boasts 93% of their owners love their bed. My Mattress, offering the best sleep possible by the South Walmart. Cold weather is here. Let the gold medal winner in the Best of Northern Utah's Fireplace category help you update your home with Napoleon's full line of gas or wood-burning products. Building a new home? Let the professionals at Advanced Fireplace and Stove design and install your fireplace. From traditional to modern, Napoleon has something for every design and every budget. Install a product that will allow your family to make memories for years to come. Stop by at their showroom or visit them at advancedfireplaceandstove.com. Thermo Fisher Scientific is hiring for their manufacturing, distribution, and warehouse team. And that's great news for anyone seeking a rewarding career. Thermo Fisher offers positions across multiple shifts, competitive compensation, health benefits, paid time off, bonuses, and an excellent work environment. Help Thermo Fisher make the world healthier, cleaner, and safer. Visit job.thermofisher.com and search Logan. Thermo Fisher Scientific is an equal opportunity employer. Hi, I'm Jay Broadbent with Alpine Home Medical. I'd like to invite you to learn more about us. Since 1997, we've been Utah's premier one-stop shop for home medical equipment. What sets us apart at Alpine Home Medical is the superior level of customer service. We provide home oxygen, CPAPs, wheelchairs, scooters, breast pumps, and so much more. Come on down and get to know us. Visit alpinehomemedical.com. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The new Valvoline Instant Oil Change across from Angie's on Main Street in Logan. It's where you can find Valvoline Synthetic and Valvoline Max Life Oil which are the uh, engine oil your vehicle loves. Go check them out today, 695 North Main in Logan. Four three five three three nine zero three two one. if you want to chime in on the full court press text line. And a um, couple texts coming in here. 1678, Anthony Tucker is worse than Craig Ander at play calling. Oh, shots fired. Well, Craig Ander goes the call the same play over and over and over again. Tucker just calls the same plays in certain situations over and over again. <laughs> like, he faced third or fourth and short, less than like two yards or less. And like seven different cases, they did the quarterback run, which is kind of a mixed bag. It's really hard for me to analyze that because there's parts of it that sound really bad, and but then there's ways you can justify him doing that. So it's... I don't know. I kind of want to see if they do it again against Air Force and see if it works. 9952, since Lagas and Bonner made the same decisions, is it possible the USU pass defense they practiced against isn't very good, so they think they can fit the ball into bad areas during games? It's just that uh, they don't seem to understand when they drop eight, you can't hit a dig route. Because Bonner and Lagas both made that exact same mistake. Like, Lagas' second interception was like identical to one that Bonner made. I think it was Bonner's second interception against UNLV. It was like exactly the same. 
tries to throw into a window. There's like four guys sitting underneath and he tries to throw into a window on a, you know, that little in route. And there's a guy right there. <laughs> like an interception that I could have made because it would have been thrown <laughs> right at me. Grant, I don't know if I could actually catch those because they're going a lot faster than the ones I usually catch, you know, in the pickup games. But it at least hit me in the hands. <laughs> I'd get my hands on <laughs> You'd it. You'd at least be there. <laughs> 5879, I definitely was over-optimistic about beating BYU in my prediction last week. But I stand by my assessment that Coach Anderson has this team trending on steady improvement. I feel like if we really get the offense going, it should be a fun game against Air Force, but it's going to be tough. Well, again, it's about not turning the ball over so much because that's been the story of the last two games. The offense kind of been revived, moved the ball. You know, they moved the ball well in the pass game against UNLV, moved the ball well in the run game, and moved the chains pretty well against BYU for the most part. But turnovers really hurt them. And if they if they have zero turnovers against Air Force, I would bet they win. Like that's your pretty much guarantee they win. It's if they have zero turnovers. Almost has to be a perfect game. Uh, but here's what Coach Anderson had to say about those turnovers on Thursday night and some of the decision-making by his... That's a very interesting assessment. Wow. <laughs> Touchdown? It's the wrong play. Oh, it's because uh, your computer's... Yeah, they got the wrong window open. You didn't mute ESPN's side, <laughs> did you? Let's try it again. This is supposed to be Coach Anderson speaking now. Touchdown! <laughs> Fumble was bad ball security. Can't happen. Ball was loose. The first interception, ball was tipped. Nothing he could do about it. He's trying to put the ball in the right place. The interception late in the game, I think, is one you're asking about. Um, I mean, honestly, it's a bad decision on his part. Now, you get into a two-minute type scenario, drop eight. The windows are going to be smaller. you got to be very deliberate about what you're doing. Wideouts need to really work with him and try to find open grass, and then he's got to be willing to check the ball down there. Uh, there were two other available places to go with the ball that, that would have been better decisions than the one he took. He's going to get better. He, he just struggled to move through his progression at the pace he needed to in that environment. Uh, that's something I think more reps are going to help him. He'll get better at it. Uh, he should have checked the ball down. It's, it's one he'd like to have back. It's true with the more time as uh, with, the, with the ones. Yeah, he was the basically the de facto starting quarterback in the spring and played a lot of the of starting quarterback reps in the fall even while Logan Bonner was recovering from his injury. But the the week to week prep, you know, he, he isn't always with the ones until just this last week. And when that exactly happened we don't really know. But he is uh he's definitely gonna get a lot more time now and he has to develop that timing with his wide receivers, and they have to do their part too. And so is the offensive line um, and uh, trying to help him out. Yeah, it's more about getting game reps with the ones. He's had enough just reps and period with the ones that it should work. But game reps true. and practice reps are big. There's a big difference there. Very true. All right, another quick timeout here in the Full Court Press. Love to continue to hear from you. 435-339-0321 here in the Full Court Press. Uh, also coming up at the uh, near the uh, back end of the show here, it would be the Dan Patrick Above the Noise segment, which is brought to you by Napa Auto Parts. And get yourself prepared for the winter with help from your locally owned Napa Auto Parts stores. There's five different stores between Preston to Providence with their uh, variety of different things that you need to get ready for colder months ahead.
Advanced Heating and AC, the two-time gold medal winner in Best in Northern Utah. They're teaming up with Carrier Heating and Cooling. Carrier provides you the best furnace units available. And now's the best time to buy a new unit before the weather turns Cash Valley cold. Financing options are available. Turn to the experts at Advanced Heating and Carrier. Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning, 752-7272. Or stop by their showroom west of DI. And online at advancedheating-ac.com. We're not comfortable until you are Advanced Heating and Air. This is James Stevens with White Pine Funeral Services. We are humbled by and grateful for the tremendous support we have been shown since opening our doors nearly two years ago. So we just want to say thank you. On behalf of everyone at White Pine, first and foremost, thank you for allowing us the honor and privilege of serving you and caring for your loved ones. Additionally, thank you for voting White Pine the best mortuary in Cache Valley in both 2021 and 2022. White Pine Funeral Services. This is Chris from the Cater Shop Menswear Store. We believe how you look is the first message you deliver. This also includes our floors at the store. Daryl at Chem Drive Northern Utah and his team came in after hours, cleaned the entire store, and had it ready to go before we opened the next day. I trust Daryl and his team from Chem Drive Northern Utah. Chem Drive of Northern Utah. Chem Drive Northern Utah. 435-752-6100. This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems, your home team when local matters. Valley Office Systems is your local provider for all things office, copiers, printers, furniture, and document management. Proudly serving Cache Valley since 2007. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. Breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. You know, there's a lot of great things that we did that game and, you know, we're just getting better every week and um, I feel like as long as we keep improving and um, keep getting better as the weeks go on that we can play with anybody. Hale Motuapuaka talking about how his team is showing progress every week. And look, it was a, it was a tough challenge against a, a BYU offense that can run the ball pretty effectively. Uh, I, I thought they did a pretty good job in the first half limiting what the Cougars were trying to do on the ground. And really overall for the for the game, they held BYU to 117 yards. I mean, that's not bad. Uh, they thought that they did a pretty good effective uh, job against UNLV in their running attack. And they're going to have their hands full on Saturday in a lot of different ways, but that run defense for Utah State has been improving. Yeah, the the main issue is though is that the run defense against BYU is a lot different than you know a lot different than run game against Air Force. Because you know Air Force is not it's just so dynamic the, the run attack. You know it's not just gap filling; it's it's discipline on every level. And then it's being ready for what is essentially a trick play. You know they're passing him; they're like five passes a game. And they average like 20 yards a pass because the secondary falls asleep and they're they're too focused on you know trying to stop those outside runs. Yeah, safety keeps getting pulled up to help with the run defense, and then the back end is exposed. Uh, what we don't know, speaking of safeties, if Gervin Hall is going to be available in the first half or not. Utah State is appealing his uh, his uh, uh, being kicked out of the game suspension. For, suspension. Thank you for the targeting call. Uh, looks like BYU is also appealing a similar call for them. There's work. They got and it. Theirs got overturned, so 
Utah State should know later today if they're going to win their, their appeal or not. Down, Scott. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Whenever we talk about the success of the Kansas City Chiefs, we normally point towards Patrick Mahomes. But Mahomes isn't the only longtime Chief who deserves credit. Andy Reid has been one of the NFL's more elite coaches for some time now. Before Kansas City, Reid accumulated five NFC title game appearances in Philadelphia. That success has followed him to Kansas City. The Chiefs underwent a massive offensive rebuild in the offseason, but when you look at how Reid and the Chiefs have changed their scheme to replace Tyreek, Kale, coach, deserves a lot of credit. When it comes to the NFL, the quarterback is always going to receive the most attention. But what Reed has done with the Kansas City Chiefs is impressive. And although a lot of people may point to Mahomes as the reason for that success, Coach Reed's consistency is proving that sometimes an elite coach on the sidelines can be just as important as that generational arm playing quarterback. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.